Well, good morning, folk. Nice to have you here this morning. Thank you for the contributions and the words that came up, and I kind of summarized it. But I'd like to share with you this morning from the book of Luke. We're going to Luke in the book. Anyone got your Bible with you? But we're going to Luke in chapter 24 and verse 13. We're building on a series of renewing the mind. The renewing of the mind approach we're taking is that we have to be informed from the spirit realm so that our mind is renewed by the spirit and not by the carnal, physical, scene created world. Because that will always leave you with a different movie going on in your head. When you've got the movie of heaven, you've got a happy God who's always been in love with you, always will be in love with you, who will never leave you. And though you stumble, he will keep you from falling and he delights in you. That's the God you serve. And that's the movie that you've got to play in your mind. Because most of us have been unfortunately programmed by stinking thinking, which is that God is the one who gave me a flat tire to teach me not to shout at my dog. And that God is out to break my business down, to teach me some moral principles. And God, you know, wants us to, to be sick so that uh, we can get humble and not be proud. And all this garbage that we were taught, slowly but surely it's being renewed. And the mixture of grace and law covenants that were there in the first place to lead us to a knowledge of the finished work of the cross, we don't live under their control and domination. We, re, we review them, we, we revision them through the finished work, through the life of Jesus, and through his ultimate statement, which was, whoever seen me has seen the Father, and I'm in the Father. And on that day, you're going to know you in me, and I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. And we we're going to know that we, but for now, the mind is subject to all kinds of influence. It can be informed and find its uh, material for the movie it makes in the natural, or it can find its material to make its movie from the spiritual. So that's all I'm saying by way of introduction. Now, in Luke chapter 24, it's post-resurrection, uh, and verse 13 says that two men were going to the village in Emmaus. It was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself came up and walked with them. But they did not recognize them. And that's the first thing I want to say. And if our PowerPoint had been working, the first point would be the unrenewed mind is so preoccupied with earthly problems, it misses the heavenly answer right in front of it. Amen. Come on. The carnal mind that's being programmed from what the seeing, touch, taste world has so formed our thinking and our perspectives and our concepts that even when Jesus is walking alongside them, they're still talking about the problem. Can you believe you can still be talking about the problem and what has happened and oh, woe is us. And, you know, we thought he was going to be the savior. And now oh, we've all been abandoned and we're going to just leave Jerusalem and we're going to go to Emmaus because we're just going to go and have a pity party all on our own. Because, you know, this Jesus claimed to be something. He said he'd always be with us and now something's happened. And they were so preoccupied with what they were thinking that they missed Jesus. Walking right there. I don't think God supernaturally put like little blinders over their eyes. The old saying goes, you can't see what you 
don't want to see. And sometimes we're so fixated. I've got a puncture. Oh Lord, my car has broken down. So I've got a puncture. I don't, but Lord, I'm trusting you. I know you're going to do something about this. And a tow truck comes past and says, Hi, sir, can I help you? No, thank you. I'm trusting God. Oh Lord, I've got a puncture. I'm going to do my puncture. He says to you, What have I put in your hand? What have I given you? Open your eyes and look. I'm closer than you think. You're walking, using, and talking about your problem, and I'm there right with you, walking side by side. And you know, sometimes when people are in that state of gloom and doom and darkness, for example, when your kids are leaving the country and you can't get your ticket booked, you need objective voices into your life. It's like marriage, it's like counseling. You know, she doesn't hear him, he doesn't hear her, but it's amazing what a third person can do. Because they're not directly involved. So Jesus plays counselor now. And what's the best thing a counselor does? Just ask questions. And he does in the next verse. He says, what are you discussing? Let's define it, you know. Because bad thinking creates bad feeling. And bad feeling confuses how you're thinking. And before you know, you're going down the drain. And you just need someone to say, so what are you actually thinking about? Stop. Distill. Distill it. What actually is the issue here? All right? And then in verse 19, he says, Oh, they say, obviously you haven't been around because you haven't heard what's been going on in Jerusalem. And then in verse 19, he, <laughs> yeah, he didn't know what was going on, obviously. Verse 19, he says, What things? You know, sometimes you just got to distill, what's, what are you thinking? What's going on? What's the real issue? Can you stop and articulate it? And when you articulate it, okay, so then the next question comes. They had got into this rut of playing a movie in their minds which was them all singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, is he who comes in the name of the Lord to Jerusalem. He's going to sort the Romans out. He's going to put them in their place. And we Jews will rise up again as a mighty nation. Only to see him carrying a cross, falling on his face, having the beard ripped from his mouth, hands and feet spread out, nailed, a spear jabbed up his side, and this movie just went around and around and around and around. You know, sometimes you get a movie in your head and you don't even know it's playing. It's called rehearsing the curse. That's all counselors get paid for. They earn millions by helping you stop the movie going on in your head and see a different movie. Oh, this is happening, and that's and this politician. Oh, and that that church. Oh, this person, and, and now we've heard this one's business, and now we and this little movie goes that starts uh, click 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 click. What mental movie is going on in your mind right now? Because if it's been informed, 
from the seen created, or even the, and the unseen, uncreated, because as we saw last week, that's where this d- demonic warfare is taking place. That's where the battle is raging, is in the unseen created. Satan going around like a roaring lion. If that's creating the movie, it's going to have a bad ending. None of us enjoy a movie with a bad ending. Come on, who likes a movie to be going, going, building, and then just stops? And then the, the subtitles come up. You're like, what? Trilogy. Another trilogy. No, please. Put me up my misery. We all want music, like happy music, love endings where, where there's righteousness that prevails or, or goodness or the, you know, the guy gets the girl back, he's Bucky and his rock and roll band back again. And the son returns home and they have a celebration. We all want movies that end happy. Come on. You, you, I've heard some of you say that yourself. Uh, it's a feel-good movie. Yeah. See, that dead director's got brains. That's right. <laughs> and when we receive our information from how the Father sees us, how the Father looks at us, what Christ has done for us and as us, His dreams about our life to bless us and prosper us, that he knows every hair on our head, that he knows every moment ordained in our lives, that his thoughts to us outnumber the sand on the sea beaches of the world, that his goodness endures forever, that every little valley we go through, he guards us and he guards us through and he guards us out. But they got stuck in a valley. And Jesus is just trying to change. Point two, the unrenewed mind keeps playing the same movies over and over and over repetitively. And then they say, we're talking about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet. Powerful in word and deed before the people. In verse 20, the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But Verse 21, but we had hoped that he was the one to deliver Israel. In other words, they still had a historical paradigm, mindset, of a historical Messiah, Savior, slash ruler, slash emperor, who would come and take back a kingdom, which is a natural, earth-based, scene-created world empire, and their hopes had been thwarted. But th- that's not the kind of hope the Bible talks about. Heard that in the prophetic this morning. There's another kind of hope. You know what our hope is? It's the positive expectation of good. That's right. It's not just wishful thinking. That's right. Well, we thought, we hoped. God have mercy on them. My point there that would have come up is the unrenewed mind is limited to earthly history and fails to see higher purposes. Jesus saw the withered arm. He didn't see, yeah. He wasn't taking his information from the scene created world. He was taking his information from somewhere else. He didn't see the withered arm. He saw the healed arm. Are you seeing the withered marriage? Or are you seeing the heavenly marriage? Mm -hmm. 
Are you seeing the withered body or the heavenly body? Are you seeing the withered business, the withered country, the withered church? Or are you seeing something much greater? Like Elijah said, my young man, prophet, don't be concerned by those who are against us because greater are those who are for us. Open your eyes. And he saw angels and chariots of fire all about him because he opened his eyes and saw these men were blind because you can't see what you don't want to see. To our listening audience, I'm not cross. I'm just getting excited. Okay. <laughs> and what is more, this is the carry on. Since that day, in addition, some of the ladies went down to the tomb and they saw angels. Uh, and the angel said, he's alive. But some of the companions went down to the tomb to confirm it and actually found it as the woman had said, they didn't see Jesus. Number four, the unrenewed mind makes deductions and conclusions and then agrees with them. He's dead. His body's been stolen. We confirmed it. We're out of Jerusalem. We're going to Emmaus. It's a bad ending movie, this for us. We just want to get out of here. Our hopes have been dashed. And and they based their deductions on human sense knowledge of an empty tomb and came to a conclusion. You see, that's how the mind gets unrenewed. Through hearsay. Did you know that this one's doing this and this and this? Oh, really? Not, Father, what's going on here? Speak to me. Oh, yes, Lord, I feel that. Let me just pray for them right now. What they're going through must be terrible, painful. No, we look in the natural. And we go, oh, do you know that that one did that and that one that? So that means equals two. One and one equals two minus three minus equals one. Four to the power of squared. And our logic is flawed most of the time. It's illogical. I've got a whole book called Illogical Fallacies. And one of them is, it's raining, we look outside and the cars are wet. Next Sunday, the doors are closed, but when we open them, the cars are wet. What do we deduce? It was raining. Wrong. Beep. Don't pass go. Don't collect. No, someone sprayed a hose pipe. (laughs) Are you hearing me? Just because something led to something in one situation, you can't take what the conclusion is and say the logical answer is that it must have happened the same way. Just because that tomb was empty did not mean that they had to stop remembering that Jesus had promised he would rise from the dead. But they were so blind to what they couldn't see that he goes on and he says to them in the next verse, How foolish you are and slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter his glory? Not become the emperor of Israel to beat the Romans up, but glory. Glory, glory. The holiness of God, the communion of God. Enter his glory as a man. There's a man on the right hand side of the father. The man Christ Jesus. The perfect man. 
in whom all of us are included now, who've believed on him. I just love it that it says 27, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explains to them. I don't think it was the first time, by the way. Three years he'd been explaining to them. It's like preaching on grace. Explain it again. And explain it. You have a conversation with someone that says, Oh no, the Lord made me sick to teach me something. You know, explain it again. And, oh, you know, I did the sin and I just don't know if I did not commit that unforgivable sin. And then you've got to explain it again. And then someone comes along and says, Oh, you know, uh, my, my daughter had an accident, but, you know, we had a fight that morning and she's got unforgiveness in her heart. Oh, we've got to explain it again. And then, oh, you know, my uncle's going through a divorce and he's an alcoholic because his father was a Freemason and, and, and he's got generational curses on him. Then we've got to explain it again. Explain it again. Explain. Anyway. Amen. Did I tell you he's explaining it again, okay? <laughs> What the scriptures said concerning himself. Not about Moses, not about Abraham, not about Adam, about himself. Point number five that would have come up on the screen. Renewing the mind begins with hearing and seeing Christ in the scriptures. Did you get that? Too fast. Renewing the mind begins with hearing and seeing Christ. In the scriptures. Wouldn't you have loved to have been in that Bible class? Wouldn't you have loved to have heard Jesus going through from Genesis? The promise. The seed. Wouldn't you have loved to have seen the bloody animal skin slapped on them. And the promises that he makes. And then Noah. God. I think lovingly had to cut off the polluted world that was so degraded and so degenerated in their minds. God did them a big favor like he did to Ananias and Sapphira by just shelving them until Jesus could come and preach to them the gospel so that they could hear the truth because they were so far gone. But God's plan for the earth never stopped over there. God then, Jesus then explains Abraham. Would you love to have listened to Abraham about his story about how Abraham met with God, heard God, was an uncircumcised Philistine living in the Middle East somewhere, and God says, hey, Abes, pack up, time to move. Abraham says, yes, I'm with you, God. And it was credit to him as right standing, just because he dared to believe. And he wasn't under the law that he had obeyed all the legal things yet, because that only came much later. <laughs> Abraham messed up big time. He sold his wife, he lied, he cheated, he connived, he did all kinds of things. And God was like, I'm going to bless you, Abraham. And I'm even going to bless those who bless you. We go, what? (laughs) Jesus explaining, talks about, take your son, Isaac, up the mountain. Take wood, take fire. There's going to be a bride up the mountain, let's go. God never for one moment thought, Isaac was going to get killed. But he was looking for faith in a man that would be willing to do what God would use as a key to break into planet earth. And that was the willingness for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. In the thicket there's a ram and the angel says, No, Abraham, put down your sword. Take the ram and offer it to God. Silly man. You're not the heathen nations that kill their children. And the blood was shed. And when John the Baptist saw Jesus coming, he says, Behold the Lamb 
that takes away the sins of the earth. I would have loved to have been at this Bible study, especially when you got to Moses and explaining the sacraments, how they all point to him, how all those feasts point to him. We've got time now. All the feasts, all the, all, all, all the, how the law spoke about Jesus and then how the priesthood spoke about the higher priesthood that he would receive. And then the tabernacle, which was a beautiful picture of all the stages Jesus went through as the light of the world, the Lamb of God, fulfilling the law, and the budded Aaron, the high priest, who offered his blood on the mercy seat of heaven, etc., etc. Jesus takes them through all the stuff. So now it's verse 28, it's a bit dark. You know, Jesus has been going on a bit. Sunday morning. They approached the village. And Jesus continued as if he was going. Verse 29. But they urged him strongly, like you this morning. Stay with us, Steve. Don't stop preaching. We don't need lunch today. Stay with us. It's nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went on and stayed with them. When they were at the table, he took the bread, gave thanks, broke it and gave it out to them and their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were our hearts not burning within us when he opened the scriptures to us? Point number six, the renewed mind sees beyond the natural breaking of bread to the spiritual fulfillment of the Old Testament types and shadows. You see my friend, I don't if you believe there's all the, hand, the holes in his hands, yeah, I mean, that's cool. You can believe that. I believe something much more significant happened. When he said, take it, my body. Suddenly the marge went, Dum! Adam, Abraham, Moses, sacrifices, temple. This is the blood of the new covenant. Adam, Noah, Moses. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. And this is the new covenant I will make with the house of Israel. I will take all their sins away. And suddenly they saw what they hadn't seen. And they realized who'd been in their presence. It wasn't because they saw little holes in his hands. It's because they got a revelation from the word of who Jesus is. And he did that purposely because every generation that would follow would not have the privilege of seeing, as Thomas did, the holes in his hands. But every generation that followed, outside of the apostles, wouldn't see him face to face, except the apostle Paul, who came in to the Gentiles. Every one of us have believed on him when we saw him in the scripture. The Bible is not just a little coloring in book. It contains the message of the eternal God who never gave up on his dream to have you and me as his sons and daughters and provided in last Adam the perfect sacrifice to take away the sins of the earth. And they said, our hearts were burning. There was another occasion when Peter preached and they were cut to their hearts. See, the law will cut your heart because you need to repent. But as a believer... If the scripture's cutting your heart, then you're reading it wrong. The scripture's there to warm your heart. Why? 
Because you're looking for Jesus. You're looking for what he fulfilled. You're looking for his perfect life. You're looking for the life that is possible only because you are in him. Yeah. And you make him your identity. And you camp in his finished work. And the scripture warms your heart. Now I know the Lord is my shepherd. And I shall not want. Because my shepherd's name is Jesus. And there might be a valley I'm going to go through. But his presence, his rod, his word, his Holy Spirit, his, his love is going to see me through. Even if I stumble, I will not fall. For he's upholding me with his mighty hand. The whole scripture is talking about. I mean, Jesus could have just jumped out there on the road, you know, like, um, hey guys, it's me, I'm back, huh? Jesus, Jesus. But he hides himself. He hides himself from the blind. But as the word starts doing its work, as the word starts penetrating the dark places, the gloomy places, as the word penetrates the awful movies we got playing in our brains, until the gospel penetrates that, our mind can never be renewed where our eyes pop open and we go, oh, now we know. Who it was. Who he is. And the result of that. Is verse 33. They returned to Jerusalem immediately. Because the renewed mind results in a change of direction to our lives. And verse 33. They found the eleven. assembled together. And said. It is true. The Lord has risen. And has appeared to Simon. My final point there is the renewed mind confirms and proclaims with confidence that the words and works of Jesus are true. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, so awesome. The renewed mind suddenly goes, I don't know, I, I can't explain it. I just know that I know that I know. I just, yeah, you can bring all your arguments and all your cynicism, and, but I just know that I know that I know it. That Jesus, what he said and what he did, was true. It's true, they said. They had their own personal revelation. You see, it's not something you can get from your parents. It's something you've got to get. No second generational Christians. They had to have their own personal encounter. They could have stayed in Jerusalem and just believed the apostles. But for some reason they didn't. And they said, we're out of here. Off to Emmaus. But something encountered their lives. Like it encountered your life. There was a time in your life you were encountered. There was a time in my life I was encountered. And we were going one way. And we turned around and went. A different way. And the words that came out of our mouth were in agreement. That it is true. It is true. And now I can't keep it in. Amen. Can't keep it in. But, Robbie was that Cat Stevens. I can't keep it in. I gotta let it out. World's gotta know. World's gotta know. De -de 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 -de. Huh? I can't keep it in. These guys were singing it from the rooftops. It's true. What Simon Peter told you. It's true. He's risen. Amen. Amen. 
He's not dead. He's alive. Everything he said about himself has come to pass. He's risen to the right hand side of glory. And whoever puts their trust in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And suddenly his spirit came alive. And your spirit comes alive. And then your mind is renewed to the truth. Because you're not watching the movie on earth. You're watching the movie in heaven. Come on, let's stand up and just act like we're really excited about that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for victory. Thank you for renewed minds. Thank you for transformation. Thank you for new directions that we go in. Thank you for your kindness and your goodness. And even now as we, we take up the offering. <laughs> Thank you for your generosity, Lord. <laughs> Thank you for friends who remind me that we've got to pay for the lights. Sorry about today. I slipped up last week. Um, <laughs> and uh, as, as we just uh, get ready to give, let's give to the gospel. We're not giving to the lights and water. I, I say that as a joke. You're not giving to the lights and water, man. God doesn't need your lights and water. He needs you to give because it's good for you. Amen. In agreeing with what's happening in heaven. And added to that, we are the result of those who went before us faithfully and lived sacrificially to be able to give. Who weren't just horning and hanging on and found some lame excuse to be stingy. And they gave and they were faithful in their generation that we can have an assembly place to keep preaching the gospel and even plotting and planning others. As this church has planted several churches around the world, we are going to continue in our own city. Amen. 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 Amen.